broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the MedCare Business Network, featuring your host, Tom Harbin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MedCare Business Network. My name is Tom Harbin, and I am your host today. And we are blessed to have with us today from the Northside Hospital Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation, Mr. Jason Chandler. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's warm out there today, isn't it? It's a little hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can almost wear the air out there today. It's so humid. Yeah. It's not Las Vegas. It's, it's, it's not a dry heat. Right. It's a hot, wet, dry heat. Right. <laughs> Definitely. The, nothing, nothing better than summertime in Georgia. And I always tell people that have, they have visited here. The best time to come is any other time. Other, unless you like the humidity, right? Well, the important thing is to keep hydrated, keep your pets inside, you know, everything they tell you on the, on the weather forecast each morning. Exactly, exactly. Well, guys, uh, again, uh, we're here with Jason Chandler, who is part of the foundation uh, with Northside Hospital and Gwinnett Medical Center here in Atlanta. And, uh, man, we're just happy to have you here today, Jason, and uh, want to have you talk a little bit about what's going on with the foundation and uh, the folks here in the Atlanta metro area and then others listening outside of the great things that y'all are doing and and how can how can we help right here in our area uh, with the hospital and the different folks out there well I'm happy to uh, you know we're two years uh, in August into this merger with Northside and Gwinnett Medical Center um, Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation was uh, separately incorporated uh, a few decades ago. I think it was 1990. 89. 89. I yes. looked it up. Well, yeah. I th- I, you know, technically it was incorporated in, in Georgia in 89, but then we got okay. our, our federal tax ID in, in 90. So it's, you're, <laughs> you're, you're in the ballpark. It's September of 89. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we're, uh, we're the fundraising arm for the hospital system that operates within Gwinnett, which is now Northside, Northside Gwinnett. And we're just so fortunate to have been uh, partnered with them. Uh, it took a while to get the merger uh, underway. Uh, we, conversations about that started in 2017, 2018, and it was finalized in August of uh, of 2019. So now this is uh, Northside Hospital and Gwinnett Medical Center together. So um, not to bore you, uh, okay. but we're a county-owned facility in the same way that Northside is. So okay. there's a Gwinnett Hospital authority and we're a county asset um they lease the right to run the hospital system just as they did to Gwinnett Medical Center but now they do that for north to north side so north side uh is the uh they're not the owners because the owners are the people of Gwinnett uh but they they run the hospital system uh and have done just a fabulous job you probably have seen some of the construction uh on on Duluth Highway, um, you've also probably oh, yes. seen some in Brazelton. Yes, uh, Snellville's around the corner, and then uh, right at the Mall of Georgia, that Rock Springs area. There's about 20 acres that Man. they're developing there. Top Golf and all that down there, right? <laughs> Top Golf, yeah. and, if, and if and if you get like some kind of hyper extension, you can just go on over to Northside, and they'll fix you right up. <laughs> all right. Well, I know that uh, speaking personally. Um, our, our second child was born at Northside, and our third and baby uh, child was born at Gwinnett Medical Center. 
and we oh. had great experiences at both. Well, Tom, you're part of the family then, uh, <laughs> and uh, you should be a regular donor to the foundation because you know we help bring your your uh, your children into the world. <laughs> hey, amen. And you know, also and again to just expose this, my wife has participated in some. She was a, she's a tennis player, and she's participated in a lot of the different uh, drives that. Uh, Northside has done. That's fantastic. Well. Yeah. The uh, the Tennis Against Breast Cancer initiative uh, and the Sport of Giving, um, which no longer is around, uh, but for years they raised money for our Cancer Institute. Um, in fact, uh, those ladies through the game of tennis uh, paid for the construction of a, a mobile mammography unit. Right. And when this was a time when it was not uh, you know readily available for all the people that needed to have uh, mammogram so we took those to the people um, when when uh, imaging came became a little bit more prevalent in our community and there were more locations that they could take advantage of we actually took the mobile mammography unit and we converted it into a concussion caravan and we did a fundraising drive around that um, we're one of the only concussion institutes uh, in the United States uh, with neuropsychologists who uh, help kids and you know Gwinnett County is so sports right. uh, focused. Uh, we've done over 50,000 baseline tests and we do those for free um, for, for families. Uh, and then if there is an injury um, for the, for the athlete, uh, they've got that baseline test that they can compare it to uh, and find out if they have indeed had a concussion and kind of go from there. But that original mobile mammography uh, caravan is now a concussion caravan. It's got a classroom with about 12 different, uh, I guess, computers and, and desks in there. But then it's also got at the in, in the back of it, it, it has uh, examination rooms. So how would that would that be able to like, let's say you could take it up to one of the parks, one of the county parks. And it could be right there available in, just in case an injury, correct? Absolutely. And That's we awesome. go to a lot of the big games, um, have it there. Um, and it does make its way around the, the county to different high schools, uh, different parks and recreation facilities to make that available for, for, for the community. That's awesome. Well, again, you know, I know we don't have a lot of time on this podcast, and I, I really want to get down to uh, what you guys are doing because it has affected me personally. Um, that's why I was excited about meeting with you and hearing about everything that you're doing is because, uh, my wife has continued to have to go through some, uh, breast, uh, cancer type, uh, prevention. And that's been, you know, she's been able to do that and has been part of the fundraising and things such as that. And, uh, that, you know, there's other people that are within our area probably that have been affected as well with some type of health challenge with the breast cancer and uh you know how how can we help in our community what are some things that you guys have done in the past uh what are some things that y'all are presently doing and then maybe in the future what are what are some of those things jason that you could talk about so one of the things about the hospital system is that we can do just about um, anything, but we can't do everything. And so different um, areas within the hospital, they compete for budget dollars uh, with Atlanta or Cherokee or Gwinnett or Duluth. 
And sometimes things that are needed, we don't have as much as we would like to have. And one of those is uh, what we call tomosynthesis. And tomosynthesis is 3D imaging I'm for breast cancer. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I, was, I looked at that and I was like, okay, I want to make sure I get that right. So how do you say that again? You can just call it tomo, Tom, and that's easy for you to remember. <laughs> hey, you can I just like say it. Tom's tomo. That's right. Tom's uh, but the, these machines, basically, they provide about 80 different slices of images for for the uh, for the radiologist to, to look at, opposed to 2D, which is somewhere between 2 and 4. So they can scan in and out of that image, thus making it three-dimensional, and they can see cancer much smaller, much earlier. And you know uh, that early detection is, is really the key. So we have uh, many of these tomosynthesis machines, but it, it, we don't have 100%. And so we wanted to have one in Hamilton Mill, we wanted to have one in Duluth, and we wanted to have one in Lawrenceville. And so that provided an opportunity for the foundation to, to step in and to raise support for these uh, 3D imaging machines. They're about $390,000 each. Uh, so this kind of transformational technology is something that the the foundation can can help out and expand in the community because our mission is to accelerate access to high quality health care, and so we just want more of what 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 Northside is, is doing, and um, we have for the last uh, seven years had a 5K. Uh, it's always the third Saturday of October, and it's called Paint Gwinnett Pink. And uh, we've, we've uh, dedicated the last uh, two walks, the last walk and the one coming up on October 15th, to purchasing these tomosynthesis machines. So we've raised over a million dollars so far. But if you do the math, we've got another $300,000 to go. And so we're, uh, I, I keep telling everybody I want masses and money. So I I want it to be a helicopter-worthy event. I want it to just be a sea of pink, and it's going to be a fun day um, early in the morning on October the 15th. That's a Saturday. Even though it's a home game, not home game. Yeah, it is homecoming. I think that that weekend for Georgia, we feel like everybody can participate in this and still enjoy the game uh, later that day. Um, But, yeah, come on out. uh, Form a team. You can go to paintgwinnettpink.com and uh, find out ways that you can either support uh, as a sponsor, or you can participate uh, and, and walk it or run it. It is a peach tree qualifier. Um, but main thing is we're finding cancer earlier, and we're saving lives. Right. And so if you can find cancer in stage one, you've got a much better you know, chance of, of beating it. Um, yeah. I was 10 years old when I got off of the school bus and saw that my dad was home, uh, which is very unusual. And when I walked into the house, my you know, my parents obviously had been been crying, and and uh, that's when I found out my mom had stage four breast cancer, and you know, so it it, it really hits home uh, for me. Uh, when I first came to Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation 12, 13 years ago, we were getting ready for open heart surgery uh, campaign because we were the largest county in the nation that didn't have open heart surgery services, and so I remember telling the CEO, I'm like, we'll we'll raise the money that we need to get uh, this open heart surgery center but i just want to let you know that i've been looking for a little bit of payback to that cancer and i'm going to be focusing on that too <laughs> so you've got a you've got a passion behind I do. this you've got a personal experience now how old were you you said when you got off the school bus it's fourth grade so i was 10 okay and how long did your mother live with that so um you know she was in i believe that she was in the tamoxifen trials early on so this was in the, the 1980s and so she, um, 
she did not have a good prognosis and they were giving her, you know, less than six months to live. And, uh, she ended up living 11 years. Wow. She had two mastectomies, uh, three rounds of radiation, chemotherapy. Um, and I contribute a lot of that to supernatural healing from, from God. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were praying for her, um, and, you know, medical science, uh, could only go so far, right. uh, at that time. And, um, I sure wish that we had 3d imaging then, cause we probably would have found it a lot earlier. Um, but she was, a uh, she was 49 when she passed, Wow! but she lived for 11 years, which was a lot better than, than that yeah. prognosis. So we're, uh, we're grateful to medicine, but we're also grateful to, to God. Exactly. Wow. What a story. And again, I, my heart's out to you. I know that, um, it just kind of reminds me of, I heard a saying one time, you know, when a tragedy, something like that hits, well, a lot of times it's tough at that time, but behind every type of tragedy like that, there's some type of a seed, I think of a, an equal or a greater positive, something will come out of that. And obviously through that, even though that's a, a tough thing for you, you've been able to channel that into something to help other people. And especially these days, I mean, with the pandemic, with COVID hitting, a lot of people stopped going to the doctor. So therefore, they're not getting their regular checkups. So now I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that maybe are suspicious of something and they're kind of scared to go to the doctor, but they need to come out uh, and go ahead and get that checked early so that they can have a better quality of life. And that's what you guys are doing, correct? Absolutely. We also have a patient assistance fund that we've raised a lot of money for. It's not just technology. It's not just equipment that we raise money for. Um, but we get travel vouchers for these folks, uh, that either don't have a form of transportation or can't get somebody to, to drive them. Um, because what we found is that if they, you know, if they can't get to their doctor's appointment, they don't go. Exactly. And so we don't want, we don't want, uh, them to have to deal with that. So we have a patient assistance fund and a group of folks that review those applications and, uh, we'll get them there. Right. Right. What do you know? I'm just curious with your being part, you've been with the foundation for how long? Uh, 13 years. Okay. Wow. 13 years. Maybe so 12, it was 13, 12 or 13 years. Being in that environment, like what are the stats? Do you know the stats? I don't want to put you on the spot, but the stats out there for, uh, early detection or like with these types of machines that you're talking about that this money will raise, um, the sooner that they find, I mean, is it like one out of 10 or is it two out of 10? Do you know? Yeah, it seems like I, I know I have read some uh, JAMA reports that show that 3D imaging is more effective than 2D and there's less callbacks. So they're not only demonstrably able to find the cancer earlier, they're able to make sure that they're able to tell that that's cancer. Right. They can see the blood vessels going to the, the mass in a way that 2D doesn't provide wow. that. And so um, as a woman, I know a lot of times you get really frightened when you get that call back and you got to come back in. Right. Well, with 3D imaging, there are less callbacks. And I want to say it's I, – I maybe shouldn't be quoted, but it seems like it's about 20% less callback. Yeah. So a certain – And even though you say a woman, this could happen to a man as well, though, correct? It does exist, yes. Yes, okay. So, again, what you, uh, Gwinnett and Northside, are doing, you've got a foundation where you're raising money in order to bring these type, this type of technology for everyone. And 
other like personal insurance insurances and things like that they need to look at that will take care of these things as well no i mean the uh it is covered by insurance okay 3d imaging is certainly covered by insurance okay um getting back to the uh pgp and the 5k wall that's going to be october 15th october 15th it's a saturday We'll uh, start the festivities uh, probably 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. The run, walk, um, we'll probably start somewhere between 9, 9.30. But we'll have hamburgers and hot dogs and people on stilts and jugglers and, you know, a whole stage of events. Uh, it'll be a, a nice family event. That's what we've really tried to do. Instead of it just be a 5K walk, we've been able to consistently grow it over the years by providing you know many different things uh, for folks when when they arrive and you know we want people to have fun we want them to be educated about the importance of early detection um, but we also want them to come back right. and, and so uh, we've you know the pandemic was tough because we had to do it virtually um, this year we fully intend to have it in person there will be a virtual option for um, cancer survivors that might be uh, more at risk, they have an option to to, to participate virtually. Um, but again, we're 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 anticipating praying for an in-person event uh, for the first time in a couple of years. So this is our seventh time that we've done the 5K uh, for breast cancer, and uh, two of those uh, were during the pandemic. Oh, really? Okay. And virtually. Uh, okay. Now. Other than that, let's say that there's businesses out there or other folks that are listening to this and they can't make the October 15th for whatever. There's What are some other ways that uh, folks can get involved here with this? Well, you can call the foundation. Uh, we're at gmcgiving.org. Um, we also can be reached at 678-312-8500 and there's always a nice friendly uh, voice on the other end of that line or you're more than welcome to email me at jason.chandler at northside.com um, and we are happy to talk to you about how else uh, you can support uh, different things that are going on at the hospital um, you know as I said before we don't just um, focus on on breast cancer it's it's all cancers we've we even had an, a very nice gift a few years ago. Um, it, it was uh, for electronavigational bronchioscope for lung nodules. And so if you can imagine, instead of having to, you know, go in in a, uh, well, if you can just imagine a small little camera going into the bronchial mm -hmm. and having almost kind of a, a GPS-guided uh, system that gets you really, really close to where you can actually take a sample of that nodule and then bring it back out. And wow. it's very, you know, short recovery time. Um, but the technology is, is incredible. And so that, that, uh, electronavigational bronchioscope was uh, $200,000 and it was completely paid for through philanthropy. Wow. That almost what you're painting a picture in my mind. It sounds like the movie, in the 80s, I think, with Martin Short and... Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, it's like he, he goes into a body, and he's like it's almost like a drone, right, flying around in someone's uh, veins. But the technology is out there. Um, you know, getting the uh, different types of equipment and things together to, to get out there to the folks. We were talking a little bit earlier about telemedicine. 
and how that's been able to help out through the pandemic. But people are wanting to get out there and actually, you know, physicians want to help people. And, uh, you know, early detection and things like that, hopefully this will be able to help out the area and people get those types of tests that they need quickly. Absolutely. So, um, well, now I know you talked a little bit about your growing up and the, with your mother and everything. So how, how did you get involved in, I mean, 13 years with the foundation? What, what did you do before that? So I was at Belmont University in Nashville, and I was over the development fundraising operations for, for the university. Um, it was a, an exciting time. We hosted the presidential town hall debate with uh, John McCain and Barack Obama. Really? Uh, we beat out Vanderbilt for that. And it was really, <laughs> you know, and for the, you, you, you work with the presidential debate commission, and uh, it can be a very expensive uh, endeavor when you have to, tent a soccer field and prepare for 1100 journalists that you know descend upon your campus but once Belmont was uh, parodied on or once the the debate was 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 parodied on Saturday Night Live um, applications shot through the roof and so it was a very exciting time at um, it was a very exciting time at Belmont when I got the call from the place that both of my children were born at uh, which was Gwinnett Medical Center looking for a um, the president position for the foundation. And I remembered before I worked at Belmont, I worked at Emory and uh, did the same kind of fundraising um, for their school of medicine. And uh, I remember going to Lamaze classes at Gwinnett Medical Center and thinking to myself, gosh, this would be a, a lot shorter commute from Snellville than, uh, than the Clifton Corridor. And I remembered that thought when I got the call from Gwinnett when I was at Belmont and it was just kind of uh, a full circle so even though I grew up in Knoxville Tennessee and have to give a shout out to the Vols uh, <laughs> I, uh, I still uh, love my Georgia uh, football friends and fans um, we've lived in Georgia as long as I've uh, lived in Tennessee wow well that's great good answer for for this area right <laughs> yeah um, but how I got into philanthropy is, uh, as a profession is something that, uh, you know, I was at the University of Tennessee, and I don't know how much time we have, but uh, I was at the University of Tennessee, and I was in a rhetoric class. And at the time, my mom was going through a hospice program. And the assignment um, for the class was to take a national topic and argue the opposite of whatever the opinion was and come up with a solution and you have to use an effective appeal a rational appeal an emotional appeal and you know if you've ever uh, experienced someone who's bedridden in a hospice program uh, all of the taking aside all of the the negative things another negative is that it's boring there's not really much right. to do. I mean, I've joked before and said, you know, after the price is right goes off, there's really nothing to do unless you like the stories like my grandmother would say. Right. Um, but, you know, physician-assisted suicide was the national topic at the time. And if you remember, Jack Kevorkian was in yes. all the headlines. So the assignment for the rhetoric class, I thought, well, how can we do something different? And so what if we incorporated virtual reality into the dying process and you'd have a head mounted display for the patient with a data glove and you could experience any environment with your family and friends. If you wanted to go to the Grand Canyon, you could, you could, you could experience any of it. And so this was 1993. um, And so virtual reality was kind of in, 
its infancy. Sure. And so even though I was up in Knoxville, I traveled to Georgia Tech because they had a, a startup called Virtually Better. And, um, you know, we ended up talking about putting it on a mobile unit and bringing it to different, you know, uh, hospices or different homes and allowing for those experiences for someone that can't get out of bed um, to experience some things at the end of life uh, that they always wanted to and they could do it with their family. Um, at the time, it was very cost prohibitive, but when I now it's maybe, you know, uh, not as cost prohibitive. Um, but the idea was, I called it VREAMS. Virtual right. reality for the enhancement of alternative medicine services. And so my, wow. my teacher said, Jason, it's a pretty good idea. You ought to think about starting a nonprofit. You ought to think about, you know, really doing something like this. And, oh, by the way, my alma mater, Indiana University, uh, has a master's degree in philanthropy and nonprofit management. And so I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And so wow. um, I graduated from the University of Tennessee, moved up to Indianapolis, um, and started working on a master's degree in philanthropy. And um, so you're actually practicing what you got educated to do, right? Tom, I yeah. like to say I'm a philanthropologist. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, when I tell doctors or other folks uh, that that's what I like to call myself, they grab their wallet and say, you're about to ask me for a gift, aren't you? Yeah, that's maybe, maybe I'm about to help you assign meaning to money. Um, but you also have experienced some personal you, you went through something with your mother and that stuck with you and you've been able to uh, take that pain and other people that are going through similar things, you're able to turn it into a positive and your mother's what you, what you went through and your mother went through was actually, it means something and you're doing something about it. And I love that part. Plus you've educated yourself to be able to go out there and do it. And well, so we're, we're lucky to have someone with passion and everything that you have to do that. So anyway, I want to just say thank you for that. I see that in you. As, as a Christian, I believe God's got a plan for all of us. Amen. That's right. Well, Jason, it's been so great uh, speaking with you today. And, uh, you know, again, uh, we're here with Jason Chandler with the uh, Northside Gwinnett Medical Center uh, Foundation. And they're going to be doing some uh, uh uh, foundation for uh, raising money for these different uh, items. Go ahead. Where, where can the people get in touch with you again, Jason? Well, I just want to make sure that you go to paintgwinnettpink.com or paintgwinnettpink.org, and you can find out how you can either sponsor this event in October or participate as a, as a walker or just come out and, and cheer people along. And it's so important for cancer survivors to hear that positive message. So, Amen. so just uh, show up on October the fifteenth. We'll we'll be at Cool Ray Field, which is where the, the home of the Stripers, yes. and uh, we'll be there uh, for that morning. And just um, if you have any questions or want to learn more about the foundation, you can go to gmcgiving.org, um, and uh, we're we're happy to to help assign meaning to money. Great. Well, thanks again, Jason, and uh, hope everyone has a great week. Get out there and support Northside Hospital Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation. Have a great day. If you want to hear more, go to MedCareBusinessNetwork.com. This has been a presentation of MedCare Staffing, where we come through for you.